0: And this is what the prophet declared. He said, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, this is why I want to stop right here and say this. Who's saying this? The Lord. The Lord. It's coming through a prophet, but this is, Thus saith the Lord. God is saying, I have plans for you, plans for welfare. And, and that, listen, that ain't government welfare. We ain't talking about cheese and dried milk. For your, for your welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. Now imagine, well before I say it, let me say this. Hope is absolutely essential to human life. It's without hope, life withers and dries and dies. There's a reason why hope is one of the big three in Scripture. And there's a reason why all throughout the Scripture, hope is referred to and mentioned. Because humans need hope in every area of life. We need hope for our physical well-being. We need hope for our emotional well-being. We need hope for our spiritual development. We need hope in every area and hope is usually referred to as that feeling of optimism where you know that you're going to find the silver lining in whatever is going on and i what i want to do today is i really want to draw a very small and yet massive distinction between optimism and hope because you know The world always has a counterfeit something that's similar but it's not quite the same the bible tells us that the world has wisdom but the wisdom of the world is not like wisdom of heaven the world has a type of peace but the peace that the world gives is not like what heaven gives right there there's there's a type of hope that the world has but it's not the same hope that the kingdom has. And so today what I want to do is I want to show you that the the hope of heaven is not optimism. You may be optimistic and if you have hope you will be optimistic, but the optimist is not always hopeful. Okay? It'll take a second but we'll get this train out of the station here. Christian hope isn't based on the odds. Christian hope isn't based on everything turning out the way you want it to. Christian hope is based on God. Listen to this. Optimism, I'm going to say it a little bit different than the slide we'll be putting up. Optimism is an outlook focused on an outcome. I'm going to say that again. Optimism is an outlook focused on an outcome. Hope is an outlook focused on God. And this is a massive difference because we'll get to it in just a second. But the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith gives substance to hope, biblical hope, not optimism. This is the reason why a lot of people think their faith isn't working. They're thinking that God is going to give substance to their optimism. Imagine you're in need of a job. And you discover that. Your dream company has your ideal job. It's just come open, and it is perfect for you, and you're perfect for it. And so you get your resume all tidied up, and you write them a letter stating how you are going to be the answer to what they need. You will make that company a boatload of money. All you need is the opportunity. And they call you in, and they give you an interview. And you go in expecting when you leave this day, you are going to have your perfect job you're optimistic and when you go in and about halfway through you begin to get the feeling this ain't going the way you thought it would and when you leave you don't have your job now the optimist has just gone from a very high to a very low because optimism is an outlook focused on an outcome And when it doesn't come out the way the optimist wants, hope deferred makes the heart. And so they come out of that feeling like somebody somewhere failed them. Now, if you go into that interview and you're hopeful, you leave that interview not getting the job, but you leave just as enthusiastic as the moment you went in. Why? Because your hope is focused on God, not on an outcome. And you know in your heart that if God chose not to use this vehicle to meet your needs, God will do it another way. But the one thing you know, because your hope is in him, not in and out. Is this making you getting this over and over and over again? David said, Lord, my hope is in you. My hope ain't in the throne, my hope ain't in my paycheck, my hope ain't in this, my hope ain't in him, my hope, I ain't putting my hope in Saul, my hope is in you. So David had an outlook focused on God, so the hopeful leave that interview not getting the job saying, oh well, God will do it another way. But they are not disappointed because their hope is in God. I'm telling you how to re-engage your hope no matter what you're feeling. Some of us are feeling hopeless. But if you're a Christian, you have no right to be hopeless. You're not afforded that opportunity. Hmm. Put up on the screen, if you would, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, out of the Passion Translation. It says this way. When hope's dream seemed to drag on and on, The delay can be depressing. But when at last your dream comes true, life's sweetness will satisfy your soul. Go with me to Romans chapter 10, verse 11. Here's a massive difference between the optimist and the hopeful. Romans chapter 10, verse 11, reading it to you out of the Passion Translation says this. For the scriptures encourage us with these words. And if you if you attend RLC, you know we say this all the time. Let's say it together. If it's written, everyone who believes in Him—one translation says hopes in Him—will never be disappointed. I'm going to say that again because we got to get this. Why? Why can you never be disappointed? Because I'm not looking for the outcome. I'm trusting in God. And if God didn't do it this way, he'll do it that way. If he didn't do it here, he'll do it there. But my hope is in him, and here's what my hope is. That God will be God for Jimmy just like he was for Jesus. That God will watch over his word to perform it for me. And in my storyline, God will be found faithful. That doesn't mean it's always going to turn out the way I had expected. But I'm hopeful. Not an optimist. I'm optimistic, but I'm not an optimist. I'm hopeful. Hmm. The optimist is often disappointed, but the hope-filled is never disappointed. How can you say that, Pastor? I didn't. Paul did. He said everyone who believes in Him, everyone who puts their hope in Him, I mean, listen, I think we've all discovered this by now, but Walt Disney did not write the script of our lives. (laughs) I still ain't found that white horse to jump on and ride into the sunset. But I have found God to be faithful. I have found God to meet my needs in the most amazing of ways when things did not. Listen, when people disappoint me, God never has. When outcomes didn't go my way, God always comes through. This is the reason why we have got to learn the difference between being optimistic and being hopeful. Because if we're hopeful, we can survive the seasons. The storms and the trials and the testings. Why? Because my hope wasn't in him. My hope wasn't in her. They may leave. They may disappoint. But he'll never. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If your brother walks away from you, I will be the one who sticks closer than a brother would. But we got to change our focus from them to him. Hmm. Go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I wrote this down. I want you to hear this. Faith gives substance to hope, but not to optimism. There's, and, and that's why a lot of people think faith doesn't work. Because you think you can cajole or force God to do it the way you want it shut up, I'm, no, I'm going to keep preaching because this will help somebody I've done it, you've done it, we've all done it we've tried to force God to do it the way we think best but you know what, His ways they ain't our ways if His way, if, listen, if God's ways were my ways I'd have been a millionaire by the time I was 15 I would have never had a trial I would have never had a testing. I would have never been hurt, betrayed, or lied to. Mm. Our expectation is that God will be in our lives who God has declared himself to be. And our expectation is that God will do what he has promised he would do in our lives. In other words, listen to this. Our future expectation or our hope is based completely on God's past faithfulness optimism is based on a desire for an outcome hope is based on the fact that god has never lost a battle god has never failed god has never lied he's not a man that even has the ability or the capacity to lie if he has said it he will do it and he watches over his word to perform it so my hope is that god will be god in this situation That the Prince of Peace will show up when I'm standing in the ICU. That God will be there and God will be God even in the darkest of moments. If all the stars go out and the lights get shut off, God is with me. Because for Him, darkness is just like light. I wish somebody was listening to me this morning. Hope cannot be defeated. Hmm. Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says this. Now, may the God of hope. He's the God of hope. That needs to sink in because we're going to circle back to that in just a minute. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Understand, listen, your joy is connected to hope. If you've got no hope, you've got no joy. Y'all ever discovered that yet? When joy dies, joy, when hope dies, joy runs away. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in what? By the power of the Holy Spirit. I wrote this and I want you to remember this. Your hope is endless because your God is ageless. That's a good one. I like that one myself. Your hope is endless because your God is ageless. He's the same God for you as he was for Abraham. He's the same God for you as he was for any of your biblical heroes. I'm going to say it again. Your hope is endless because your God is ageless. But what about the hopeless? I'm going to read you a verse and I'm going to make a statement. And you can say amen or oh me, but it's true either way. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12 says this. In those days... You were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizen, citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God has made for them. Listen to this. You lived in this world without God and without hope. The only Listen, there's only two groups of people in this world who are hopeless. Y'all ready for this? Those who are without God and those who have lost sight of God. La. Those who are without God, they are truly hopeless. And those who have lost sight of God feel hopeless. But listen to this. You can never be hopeless unless your God is powerless. If your God is forever powerful, then you are forever hopeful. Why? Because once again, our hope is in what? An outcome? No, 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 no. Things may not always go the way we want. Sometimes we want to go right and we have to go left. Sometimes we feel like this is it, only to find out that ain't it. But we know this, if we keep putting one foot of faith in front of another. Right? That's the walk of faith. One. It doesn't mean I know the whole journey. But all I know is I'm going to take one more step because a walk is made up of steps. It's not about destination yet. No, 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 no. This is the walk of faith. So if the righteous are going to live by faith, they're going to walk by faith and not by sight. So all I know is even though that didn't work out the way I want, I'm going to put one more foot in front of another. By faith. And when I do reach the end of the line, I will be able to look back and declare with every hero of faith who's ever lived, God did not fail, God did not lie, and God did everything He said He would do. Were there times I wondered if He would? Yes, I did, but He did. Everyone say, I've got hope. And so do you. So there's only the two groups, those who are without God and those who have lost sight of God. Go with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel, this is a story all of us know well. But sometimes there's hidden truths inside the scripture that we just pass over. Ezekiel 37 is the story, you know this, when God grabbed the prophet and he took him to a valley. The valley we call it, the valley of dry bones. And let's read verse 1 together out of the New Living Translation. The Lord took hold of me. And I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere, across the ground, and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? And I love his answer, O sovereign Lord, that's up to you, not me. (laughs) He said, You alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to these bones. Say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. Now, here's here's what I want to say to you. Listen. Y'all listening? If you ignore his word, your hope has nothing to feed on. Hope comes by the words of life, his words being infused into your soul. This is the reason why he said the prophetic word is this. Listen, O oh dry bones, to the word of the Lord. Mm. Now I'll go down to verse 11. Then he said to me, son of man, listen to this. These bones represent the people of Israel, a.k.a. the people of God. And remember, everything that was written before was written for our instruction and our admonition." The reason why this story is in the Bible, so when you and I read it, we can understand if we're feeling like we got future, we've got no hope, remember what Jeremiah said, his plan is to give you a future and a hope. And if you're feeling like you ain't got no future and you ain't got no hope, someone's lying. Either Adonai or your feelings. I don't know if I, I, my feelings ain't telling the truth. These bones represent the people of God. They are saying. Do you remember when they said, we're only grasshoppers? God never said it. They are saying. Be careful what you say, y'all. Be careful what you say. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. Who's saying it? What are they saying? We've become old. Shut up. Your youth is renewed. That's the word of God. And that's what ought to be coming out of your mouth. They said we've become old. We can't do it no more. We're in dry bones. All hope is gone. Now, who was saying that? They were saying we're old and we ain't got no hope our nation is finished So why were they lifeless? Because of what they were saying They had lost sight of God And they were looking at their circumstances they were looking at their environment and they were saying we ain't got no hope We're not young like we used to be. We can't do what we used to do. We've just gotten old and listen when hope withers, this is something you've got to understand about hope. When hope is there, life is exciting. When hope flees, life becomes mundane, boring, and in pain. Life without hope is torment. And people who are tormented long enough long for death. They're existing, but they're not living. And they're looking for death as a way of escaping their present torment. You can hear it in churches all around the country. Won't we be happy over there, over there? Oh, won't we be happy over there? Why are they postponing the joy of the Lord, which is their strength for the afterlife? Because their present life has beat the snot out of them. And they look at their environment and think, I'll be healthy over there. I'll be happy over there. I'll have my stuff together over there. But down here, I'm just waiting to die. And I've always thought this, is this okay this morning? What a shame that the people of God can't wait to die when the God of life died that they might have life. He died that we could have the God kind of life on this planet. And all we're doing is singing songs about dying. We need hope. Listen to this out of this prophecy out of Hosea chapter 2 verse 15. I will return your vineyards and then trouble, and then trouble valley will become hopeful valley. You will say yes to me as you did in your youth when leaving Egypt. God has the capacity and the ability and the desire to turn trouble valley into hopeful valley. Now compare to the dry bones and one more story, and then I'll be letting you go. I want you to look at Abraham. Go to Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Romans chapter 4, verse 18 says this. In hope against hope. One translation says this when against all odds, Abram held on to hope. Against all odds. I mean, y'all, you know the backstory, right? You know that Abram's problem was not age. That's just kind of like making it even more impossible. But the problem was Sarah. Sarah had never been a... Listen, when she was 18 and wow, she couldn't have babies. You know? In other words, she was hot. I mean, come on, you know Sarah had to be a ama- maid because when she was old, they still wanted her. The, the, the king's chest hair started fluttering when he saw her. So the problem wasn't age. The problem was that she had never been able to conceive. So against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abram believed that he might become a father of many nations. According to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now look at verse 19. Without becoming weak. Now, say a lot of this for a moment they were old and they had been married since do you not and we just talked about hagar just a couple weeks ago do you not think they tried just keeping it real listen this was no immaculate conception here abram was trying man he wanted to help god for there are some things you want to help god do And he was trying to help God. But every time they were what? Disappointed. It never worked. Never took. She never conceived. Without becoming weak. In faith he contemplated his own body. Now as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. Verse 20. Yet with respect to the promise. He did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being, verse 21, being fully assured that what God had promised, He was able. He was able. See here, the difference between the people of Israel who dried up and Abraham who kept walking and didn't grow weak But when the promise was delayed and weeks became months and months became years and years became decades, this dude got stronger in faith. That's really uncanny because most of us aren't like that. Most of us, we receive a prophetic word and a prayer line on Sunday. We're thinking by Monday we're going to be on TVN. Because after all, God's going to put us on that stage. I got a prophetic word. The prophetic word is I got a song that people are going to hear. And God said soon. A thousand years is as a day and a day is as a thousand years. You need to learn to define God soon. But we all have been there. Yeah, God said he was going to do it. And we're excited till Thursday. Come Friday, we're kind of doubting a little bit if God wanted to do it. He missed a couple opportunities. And he ain't done it yet. And so if our outlook is focused on an outcome, we grow weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker until we finally just give up on the promise altogether. But if our hope is focused on God, that he's able. See, Abraham didn't consider his own body. Because after all, he's now as good as dead anyhow. So what Abraham knew is, it's not about me being able. It's not about her being able. It's about him being able. And he's able to do it no matter what it looks like in the natural. Sarah looks good, but she don't look as good as she used to. I'm strong, but I'm only half the man I used to be. But he. I'm going to circle back. Your hope is endless if your God is ageless. Mm. And being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Now, see, listen. Faith will always give substance to biblical hope. When our hope is that God will be God, that God's going to do it, I'm not going to try and tell God how to do it, because... He knows things I could never hope to understand. He, he understands how everything on the chessboard works together. And all I know is God's going to do it. I'm not going to tell God how to do it, but I'm going to stand there in the morning and I'm going to say, God, I know you're the God of the Bible. You're the God of the word. You're going to do what you said. And just like Abraham, I'm going to give you praise right in the middle of my situation. I don't know how you're going to put food on my table, but God, I know you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to get me through to the end of the month, but God, I know you're going to do it. I'm not even trying to conceive of how. I just know you will because you're not a man that you would lie. So my hope is an outlook focused on God. And that's pretty simplistic. And it takes a lot of the pressure off. Verse 21 out of the Amplified. It says Abraham was fully satisfied. And assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and do what he had promised. That's hope. Hmm. Let's go back to the book of Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to bring this to a close. Romans chapter 5 verse 3. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Those who put their hope in Him will never be disappointed. This hope will not disappoint. For we know how dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. This hope is, listen, biblical hope is not a disappointing fantasy. Optimism can be. Hope is not a disappointing fantasy. It's the absolute realization and confidence that the God of the Bible is the God of Jimmy. That he is just listen. That's something we all got. To, he is just as much my father as he was the father of Jesus Christ. I'm in the family. He's the elder brother, but I'm a brother. I'm in there. I have an inheritance, and that's what we need to learn to rely on. Our hope is that God will be God. Go with me to First Timothy chapter four, verse ten. The scripture says this, for it is for this we labor and strive, because we have fixed our hope on the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially all believers. We have fixed our hope on him. And we sang it this morning, and we could, Peter said, this is a new and living hope. Why would Peter call it a living hope? Because it comes from a living Savior. And it's fixed on the eternalness of Christ. So we have a living hope. A living hope never dies, never withers, never goes away. Pastor, are you saying it's always going to turn out the way I think? No, didn't you listen to anything I said? (laughs) There are going to be days when you wake up in the morning and you think it's going to go this way, and at the end of the day, you're going to think, what happened? I didn't have this on my schedule. I didn't know he was going to say that. I didn't know she was going to do that. I did not expect the phone call from the popo. <laughs> and life can rock, and life can trick, and life can hurt. But if our hope is fixated on him, then in every trial, we're the same. In every storm, we're the same. And those who are without God won't understand it because they're going to look at us and go, don't you ever get depressed? And your answer is going to be no. How can you go through what you're going through and not be depressed because my God ain't depressed? And even as He is, so am I in this world. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap if you believe it. See, if you're a believer in Christ, and Jackie, you can come to the stage if you would. If you're a believer in Christ, hey, if you're not a believer in Christ, if you're watching us online and you've not received Jesus, why not? If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus, you're trying to make it through a minefield. Blindfolded. You ain't going to make it too far. And you're going to take a lot of hits. Let this be the day that the blindfold comes off and you have a guide to guide you through the minefield of life that can tell you this is the way. Walk in it. And He can guide you. And then He can fill your heart with such hope that no matter what happens, no matter what's going on around you, you remain as enthusiastic as the day you got born again. Mm. Because you know that, listen, the best that this life has to offer ain't the best it's ever going to be. Because we have hope in this life and in the life to come. Hope eternal that never dies. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Prayer team, if you would make your way to the front. I hope this helped you this morning. If you need prayer this morning, as I said, if, you, if you've if you never received Jesus, let this be your day. But even if you know Christ, you're just saying, look at I need someone to join with me in faith. Whatever that need is, it could be physical, it could be financial, it could be emotional, it doesn't much matter. God loves you. And God wants to prove himself strong on your behalf. All we do is join our faith with you. He does the work. But your success is forever our honor. So, this morning we invite you to come forward as Jackie sings, and if you need prayer, this is your moment to receive. We'll join with you. Apart from that, you are free to grow, go and grow in the grace of God. We love you. God bless you. See you next Sunday. Thank you, Father.